0: Are you ready? Ready, go. I uh, have an interesting word. Um, And I've never heard anyone preach it like this, so it's going to be fun. (laughs) Whoa, going off the rails, maybe. (laughs) Is that okay? I've been thinking about how we were made in the garden and. When God made man, he blessed him and told him to multiply, but he also told him to have dominion. And he didn't say in Genesis 1.26, he says, have dominion over all these things, but over all the earth. That's how he finished it. Some birds, some cattle, you know, all these things. But in the end, really, have dominion over all the earth. That's a pretty big deal, Right? So, in the beginning of humankind, the the assignment on us was to multiply and really reign and rule in the earth, right? Okay? So, that was the design of mankind. But what happened in the fall was the dominion that was given to us, Adam and Eve gave away, right? So, instead of being victorious, they became the victims, okay? But thank you, Jesus. He came, right? He was, you know restored everything that Adam lost some people call him the second Adam okay and so the dominion that went went away with the fall has now been returned to us through the blood of Jesus right and in Matthew 28 18 19 Jesus said all authority in heaven and earth has now been given back to me so I'm sending you so what happened was is that the victim has now become the victor amen Okay, and I've been thinking about how, I've been singing it out too, and it's been swirling around my spirit, about how we are not victim, doormat Christians. Amen. We are not under the dominion of the devil anymore. As soon as we give our lives over to Jesus, he releases the original dominion that was meant for Adam and Eve back to us. Therefore, as Christians, we should be the most confident, dominating, in a good way, hallelujah, okay, dominating, uh, powerful people in the earth. But often what the enemy likes to do is he likes to pretend like the blood of Jesus never happened and treat you like you're a little victim all of your Christian life. And instead of being above only and not beneath, you're really scratching to just get your head above water most of the time. And, and we live this doormat Christianity that just gets stepped on by life and stepped on by hell. But that's not the covenant we live under, amen? If Jesus restored it to us, then we should look at Genesis with different eyes saying, oh, be fruitful, multiply, have, t-. okay, that's me. I just got to go back to what Jesus restored and stand in that, amen? And I really want to talk about how we're not victims anymore. Is that Okay. I just want, you know, the devil was not wanting me to say this word. Okay, I give no glory to him, but I'm just going to release this thing. Is that okay? I'm just here to let you know you're not a doormat, and you're not here to live like a hamster in a wheel running and running and going nowhere. Are you with me? Okay, because the tables have turned, and Jesus gave you back, if you're saved, everything you need to live the way that Adam and Eve were supposed to. Are you with me? Okay. And it made me think about this principle in life. Okay. If, if, if we were meant to have dominion, then we're supposed to rule, right? And so really the question is, we're either going to rule or be ruled. Are you with me? We're either going to rule and have dominion and reign the way that Jesus' blood restored us to, or we're going to not. <laughs> and it's funny in life, are there some areas where you're ruling and some not? It's just all a part of the journey. But but the mentality that we live inside out from is I'm a ruler and reigner. Are you with me? I'm victorious. Hell's breaking loose. Doesn't matter. I'm living from the inside out. And the inside is I have dominion with Jesus. Not apart from him, but with his blood I do. Are you with me? Okay. And it, and it made me think about this very, let's go to some scriptures. Okay. We're going to, we're just going to open this thing up. Are you with me? Uh, let's go to. Where are we going to go? Let's go to Romans 8.28. How many of you know it? Romans 8.28 says, And we know all things work together for good for those who love God. Hallelujah. To those who are called according to his purposes. One Got one amen there. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Okay, because we go through stuff and the enemy tries to treat us like his little doormat and he tries to say that he can rule us, but the truth is restored as we look at the garden. No, I'm going to have dominion and rule. Jesus said all authority was given to him and he releases us. Okay, so what should be happening is, is that we are ruling in our lives. And it made me think about, these scriptures made me think about how I should be an employer, not an employee. Are you with me? I didn't go to the financial classes, so I don't know what was said there, okay? But we're rolling with it. But I, the Holy Spirit just brought these scriptures to me because if we're going to rule or be ruled, I want to rule okay and, and it, i want to be an employer of my life not an employee of the devil you hear what i'm saying not that we're employed by the devil but here i'm going with these romans 8:28 and 2 corinthians 4:17 both tell us that things are working romans 8:28 we know and all things are working together for good for us second corinthians 4:17 what i just said for our light affliction but for a moment it's working so i had this revelation <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. I was like, the devil's trying to attack me and he attacks people I love. And I thought, oh, well, you know, when the devil attacks, really, instead of him trying to work me, I'm gonna work him. And and you know, I was listening to a preacher, and it was so awesome because it confirmed my mentality. Hallelujah. I was listening to a preacher who said the enemy tried to was attacking him for so long until he realized he wasn't a victim anymore. He had an amazing, powerful moment where he wasn't a victim anymore. And all of a sudden, he got taken to a vision where the devil was mowing his lawns. I like that. And I listened to that twice. Rewind. I was like, what did he say? Yeah. The devil was mowing his lawns. And he was sitting on the devil's lawn chairs, enjoying watching the devil now work for him. And when in life, the devil tried to work him for him and make him a slave to him hang on a minute, the blood of Jesus restored something to me. The dominion of man, which was given away to you, devil, has now been returned to me. So why some people might still be giving the devil dominion, I have not. So therefore, I am not going to be an employee of the devil. He's going to work for me. Oh, I'm just busting some of your religious minds out. Yeah, mow my lawn, devil. Devil. I'm serious. So when the enemy comes in, it's like, oh, hang on a minute. You're trying to do something in my life? Wait a minute. That's going to now work for me? I have employees now that you know not of. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Okay, I'm going to start employing all of y'all. Sickness, you want to hit me? Employed. Yep, you're going to work for something in me because let's look at the scripture. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is what? Being Employed. Come on, to do something in my life. So now I'm no longer a victim to the attack or to the sickness or to the affliction. I'm now using it as my employee to work something for me. I'm not a doormat. I'm allowing God to do something in my life. Are you with me? So I'm having employees that that people know not of because I'm not a victim. So when something's coming my way, I'm not going to let it hit me and just kind of stay there. I'm going to say, hang on a minute, this is going to be used for something. I'm going to put this, that's what employee is, it's a worker. I'm going to put this thing to work to bear something in my life. Because said all, his scripture says all things work together for good. So let's look at some of the things that are our employees as believers. Is this okay? Come on, you guys are like, oh, I don't know what to think. Let's just roll with it. You with me? Okay, like I said with 2 Corinthians 4, 17, our light affliction is, it's but for a moment. Don't you love how it says but for a moment? It's never for a moment. Jesus, have mercy. What is it doing? It's working for us. It's my employee. Let's have a look at that light affliction. Okay, okay through the tests of life. Your light affliction might be a sickness. It might be the devil and someone heckling you. It might be something in your life, and you're like, God, what is this affliction in my life? Or you might be, you know, feeling like you're failing in some area. It's still not a wasted time of your life. Can I tell you? Okay, because that affliction has now become your employee, and it's going to start working for you something awesome. Okay, and what that something awesome is, is exceeding an eternal weight of glory. That's pretty cool. Exceeding eternal weight of glory, yeah. What got that affliction working for me? My employee affliction? You guys are like, Pff. Okay, but God... If Romans 8.20 says he's working everything for good, that means even in the moments of the, of the dry seasons, of the hard stuff, when the devil's coming and you're overwhelmed, still he's going to turn it around for good somehow. He's going to work it together for something good to come out. Okay, so in the moments, I want to talk about the employee of a light affliction. Are you with me? Working for you. Okay, these are the moments where, you know, in Psalm 23, verse 4, I, I mentioned to this, la- this last week when I was preaching, we all know the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Okay, makes me lie down in green pastures. Okay, in verse number 4, it says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Okay, I I spoke about this last week. But when we're going through light afflictions, we're not thinking about the affliction working for us, are we? Really, we're overwhelmed by it. But in Psalm 23, verse 4, it says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You're with me, and your rod and your staff comfort me. But what speaks to me about that scripture and about going through afflictions is that you walk through them. You don't sit down and camp in them. You make them work for you. What does that mean? Well, you can't do God's work for you. No, I can't, but I can put my hand up and say, God, do whatever you want. Because sometimes when we're going through stuff in our lives, we're not thinking about this could work in my favor. All we can think about is the valley of the shadow of death, and it's so hard. I just can't see anything. I just want, and then instead of think, walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you set up a little campsite <laughs> They're like, here's my little valley of shadow of death. I will fear no evil. And your life becomes this like, you didn't go through the valley. You sat down and made it your residence. And when pe- people meet you, that becomes your identity. Well, my name is this, but do you know all the shadow of death I've faced? Do you know everything hard of my life? Do you, it becomes this laundry list of how much of a victim you are. But like I said at the beginning, you're not a victim. You're a victor. Come on. Okay, but if we don't allow God to do a work in the light affliction testing period of our lives, we will remain in the valley of the shadow of death. But oftentimes God will allow us to walk through things because that's the best way he can do something in us. Okay, it's not not a campsite. It's something you walk through. You keep going, but let God work through you in it. Are you with me? Okay, you know, it's like, there, it should be like a sign over the valley of shadow of death. No sitting zone. Do not sit here. <sighs> no sitting down zone. This is not your future. This is something you're going through. Not around, not avoiding, going through. God is with me, but I'm not staying here. Because this light of is working for me an exceedingly eternal way to glory. Okay, the internal weight of glory is not going to fall out of the sky if you're sitting right there in the valley of the shadow of death and letting that become your identity. Are you with me? Because sometimes in life, we, we don't allow God to do the work in the hard season that he's trying to do, and then we get nothing out of it. It's like, it's like anything hard in our lives, get out, devil. I bind you. Get out. It's like, Whoa. Any, any slight discomfort is a devil. Didn't get your park at Target. Devil. Whoa, bro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like your whole, it's like, but actually God is allowing you to go through a season that feels like a shadow of death because he's trying to do something in you. But if you don't allow the light affliction to do the work, be your employee, if you don't allow him to do something in that season, it will be wasted and all will be as a, as a circular thing that doesn't become a testimony but something you continually walk through that produces nothing. Okay, I've seen Christians, they, they can uh, have stuff go on in their lives and maybe it's the devil but maybe it's God trying to do something in their character. How many of you know character really gets formed in the hard stuff? Okay, you're not on the mountaintop going, woo. I feel so great. My character is amazing all the time. And then, like, someone cuts you off on the freeway, and you're like, (sighs) there's your character forming moment. Are you with me? Okay, we need to allow God to let these things work for us. You don't want your life to be a continual testimony of how bad your life is what is God trying to do in you in this season that you feel like you're walking through a hard place? God's trying to work something in you. He's trying to do something in you. And don't weasel your way out of it. Walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Not around, not dig a hole under. Come on. Walk through it. Why? Because he's with you. Because he's forging something on the inside of you that's eternal. Okay, we can't, we can't just say, God, I'm a victim. This light affliction is taking over me. That's not what the scripture says. For our light affliction will take over you, and it's going to be really terrible. No, it says it's your employee. It's working in you something awesome. Come on. An eternal weight of glory is a big deal. That means it's forever and ever and ever and ever. That's a good employee. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But if we don't allow ourselves, again, God to do a work, what does it mean, God, to do a work? Where your heart is positioned, Lord, my heart is open, show me. If you want to correct me, correct me. That's a scary one to pray. Oh, God. You, like, pray it and then, like, get correction and then you hate the person that corrected you. God, correct me. He's like, I tried to. You didn't like the messenger. That was me. That's for free for somebody. (laughs) How do we let the light afflictions do a work? Your heart is yielded at all times. There isn't a formula except not my will but yours be done. And I, I, I will not glorify the hardness. I'll glorify you being with me in this. Those light afflictions, they do some good work. I would know. Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, this is another thing I want to say when you're going through a hard season of your life and like, okay, the employee of light affliction is great, go to work. I'm just going to sit here and because God's in control and it's all just going to work out somehow and the breakthrough is going to come. You know, and I've heard people say that and live in the same season their entire lives. Well, God's in control, won't he do it? Hashtag, ugh. Anybody seen that? Won't he do it? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And what are you doing? That's what I wonder. God's going to do it. I'm like, he's been going to do it for like 20 years. What are you doing? You've camped out in the valley of the shadow of death, and you think that skittles are going to rain from the sky, and God's going to, sum- he's in control, sister. <sighs> he is, but he, he needs a ship to be moving so he can direct it. He needs you to work on walking with him through the valley and let the afflictions teach you and mold you and be your employees and do some work, okay, and make it through, changed. Okay, but if you think just by sitting and saying God's in control and doing nothing is going to someday get a breakthrough, I'm here to tell you, don't waste your time. Get up and move. Okay, what does that mean? Pray, seek the Lord, turn up at everything you can Listen to podcasts. Do what you can. Move. Don't do what you've always done because you'll get what you've always gotten. Come on. Even the world teaches that. Okay, but it's really interesting in Numbers 33 and verses 51 to 53, God is telling the Israelites, you know what? I've given you the promised land. You're going to get it. It's going to be awesome. And the whole way they're in the desert, they're getting promised everything in the world. Okay, this is going to be great. Okay, but the only thing you need to do is not just sit and show up. You need to drive out the inhabitants, destroy the idols, take possession. Oh, yeah, because I've given it to you. See, it's not real. I haven't really seen God's style for people to just sit, and then he'll just rain down. Boom, 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 boom. Everything's done. I did it all for you. Done. There's your Christianity. Christianity. He, he requires us to move. And it really does baffle me, the children of Israel, because he's like, I promised you this. Let's escape. Yes, Exodus. This is going to be awesome. I'm giving you promise. And by the way, you need to cast out all the people. Yeah. You're going to have to go to war and kick them out. And you think if like God was promising you something, he would just put it on a platter. There you go. Here's your promise. Land. walk in and enjoy. Grab a pillow enjoy yourself. It's going to be great, right? Because we think God's like fluffy and on the clouds and like going to let everything roll out, which he does at times. He's good, like I preached last week. Amen. But the reality of the Christian life is having to sludge through things at times and slay the enemy, kick out all the inhabitants of your promised land, tear down every idol, come on, and then take possession of it. Oh, yeah, because I gave it to you. But sometimes we take the I gave it to you and we just sit there because God's in control and he'll just bring me my promised land out of the clouds. How are you taking possession? How are you driving out the devil? How How are you tearing down every idol in regards to the call of God and the promises of God in your life? Really, what are you doing? And this isn't a works gospel, but it is a wake-up-and-you-can-do-something-with-your-life gospel. Are you with me? Don't sit there and waste the days saying God's in control when he's wanting you to move. Are you with me? Okay, and really what we're doing is we're yielding to the season that he has for us, and we're, we're waiting and moving by the sound of his voice. And saying, whatever you want for me, this season, this light affliction, whatever the thing is in my life, my stance is a yield and it's a move. Are you with me? Okay, we need to allow it to do the work in us. You know, because sometimes, too, we blame, uh, we blame God or we blame the devil for being stuck in a season when God's like, I've been waiting for you. I've given you my name, my word, my blood, my spirit, an amazing community. What do you need because if there was something, he would have provided it again for you, provided it, provided it again for you. We got to take a hold what he has for us, and we got to make these these hard things and these c- things coming at us in our lives work for us something good. Is this making sense? We don't want to just go through stuff and it not produce anything, and God's trying to do something in you, and you don't get it. You think it's a devil. And you bind it, and you remain the same. You might have a collection of stories of how hard it's been, but uh, 1 Samuel fifteen twenty two says to obey is better than sacrifice. So you might have sacrificed and gone through all the stuff, and he's like, "What I wanted was for you to obey my voice, not have a cool laundry list resume of how hard your life has been." We that, that's glorying in the hard. We want to glory in Him. Though I walk through the foundation, he is with me. He comforts me. He's awesome. And I've got these employees called light affliction that are working for me in something. Because when they show up, okay, you want to attack me? Now you're going to be used for his glory. You hurt me, now I see how much he loves me. Oh, you try and do this thing or this sickness or this thing. It's going to drive me closer to the heart of Jesus and it's going to do a work in me. I'm not gonna let it just be a scenario of doormat victim Christianity. Whew! You getting something? You're not, an, you're not a doormat, you're a ruler. And sometimes by faith, we have to act like one before the natural has caught up with our internal reality. Trust me, I know. I got kids, man. <laughs> Little bullies, just kidding. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Can I be real? It's not easy, man. Defying me, and then I got all kinds of people who like think they're noisy. My kids are noisy and crazy and getting all mad at me. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is working in me something awesome. You know, I just, whoo. I feel driven to the heart of Jesus to help me not be really angry. Do you hear what I'm saying? I don't just let them be times, I had a bad day. No, in that moment, I was like, Jesus helped me, and it helped me overcome something, and my character grew a little bit because I didn't get angry. Yeah, you just, you devil, your attack just became my little, you want to attack me? Great. Be enlisted as my employee. You're going to work for me. Go mow the lawns of my spirit. (laughs) Not my spirit, but you get what I'm saying. Get out, you devil. Do you hear what I'm saying, though? It's the mentality of, even in the affliction, I'm ruling and reigning. Even if I look humiliated and dumb for believing, it's going to work something in me because I'm going to allow it because I'm not a doormat. And I know that Romans eight twenty eight says he works everything for good, so therefore whatever's going on is going to end up being good. That's the life I live. Not this is going to be disaster. disaster. No, 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 oh, it's going to somehow work out for good. That's the end of the story. Are you with me? Some of you are like, <sighs> what do you want to be, a ruler or someone who's ruled? Do you want to be uh, living in the, uh, the appropriate way that you were designed to live as someone in dominion? I do. I always like to go back to the original design of things. I'm like, how is this, how is this really supposed to function? Oh, humans were supposed to have dominion. Oh, that's how I should live my life. Not confident in my flesh, confident in his blood who restored me to who I should be. And oftentimes the enemy will have us in a grip before we even realize what's happening. And that, that, that's, that's normal. Don't feel condemned. But when you wake up, take dominion. Are oh, you trying to attack me? You just became my employee. Oh, you sickness, you affliction, you're going to work for me, Something. This is going to drive me closer to Jesus and make an eternal weight of glory happen in my heart. You got to get, this is what I say, and excuse me, it's not politically correct, but you just got to get crazy in your mind about it. Just like, oh, yeah, devil, Mm mm-hmm, you're going to work for me. Sickness, this is going to work for me. Somehow this is all going to work out for good, and everyone on the outside thinks you're crazy, thinks it doesn't make any sense, thinks you're living in denial, You haven't sat down and, oh, God's in control. No, you're like, this is going to work out for good somehow. I'm figuring this thing out. I'm moving and shaking with Jesus, and somehow this is going to work. Holy. (laughs) You're not a victim. You're victorious. And I know that the enemy didn't want me to tell you that he's going to be your employee, but he is. Not because of your greatness, because of the blood of Jesus that you carry, because you have the victorious, awesome King of Kings, good to the bone God. You like that? I said that the other day in prayer, and I was like, "Ooh, that has a little ring on it." He is so good to the bone. He walks in his owns it. He's confident. He's like the most man's man, amazing, awesome, loving, fierce warrior you ever did meet. He's on the inside of you. And there has to come a moment where scales fall off of our eyes. And we're like, hang on a minute. I'm not a victim to this sin. I'm not a victim to this atmosphere. I'm not a victim to the devil and all these people. I'm not. I'm not a slave to anything. Come on. Because the enemy doesn't want you to wake up and stand in your authentic identity of I'm a child of God. Therefore, I have authority. He wants you to stay subject to him, serving him, slave to him, when the reality is the tables have turned already. And he should be serving you, so to speak. You hear what I'm saying? Okay, we're not glorying the devil, inviting him in our lives. But if he wants to come on in, you can go to work, devil. Are you with me? I'm trying to ruffle some of your feathers because I've been picking it up for a little while. No, he's trying to steal your voice, trying to overwhelm you with life, with bills, come on, with people, with devils rattling you. It's a real thing. It's a real life. But you have to live from the inside out. The reality is you're victorious even if the outside doesn't match yet. You're moving. You're going somewhere. You're not sitting in the valley. No, this is going to work somehow for good. That's what the word says. And if you're hanging on to nothing else, you just repeat this until everything starts aligning with it. Your body, your workplace, your bills. No, I'm a slave to no one. And we all like to think we're not a slave to things, but I'm not a slave to anything. Uh, you know? I'm serious. I mean, people that are like, yeah, Jesus, right. They can pray in the loudest tongues. <laughs> You know, they're the most crazy. I'm not a slave to anything. <laughs> yeah, Monday happens. Someone cut you off. Here comes anger. Or something happened and here, here comes pride. Well, I'm not a slave to fear. and I'm not, You might be a little bit of a slave to pride. No longer a slave to fear. I am a slave to pride. <laughs> Sorry, Jonathan David. Really. Because sometimes we live our Christianity like that too. Well, I'm fine and I'm not a victim in this la la and then something happens and it's pride you're you're bowing down to pride. You're bowing down to a religious spirit even right now as I'm preaching this message. I can feel that religious spirit coming and critiquing everything and trying to say, "Well, I don't like the way that that was pitched. Right? I don't like." The da, 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 da. Well, I'm free. I'm not in the valley of the shadow of death, but you're fully critiquing everything that I'm saying. You're a slave to the religious spirit right now. Do you know that all the word inside of you is not going to save your life? It's the revelation of him, the word. Because the Pharisees had all the law you could ever get. They knew it. They memorized it. They wore it. It was awesome. But they couldn't see the coming of the Son of God, who they researched and looked for all throughout Scripture, and they were the most blind, and we come into church and we're critiquing all this. I'm not a slave. I know better. La, 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 la. Yeah, you're bowing down to religion. You're all focusing on fear, but right over here is a big devil of pride. That the second something little happens, it's like it rears itself. But even that can work for good. Because at the end of the day, of what I'm saying is that you're a slave to no one. If you are giving your life to Jesus, okay, and I'll say this too. This Romans 8, says, and we know all things work together for the good for those who love God. Let's stop right there. It's working for good for those who love God. What does it mean to love God? I love you all. Oh, I love them so much. Passing someone in need. Ugh, gross. Again, I don't know why I keep saying the freeway. Someone does something. Oh, yeah. You are just letting the fingers roll. Can I be real? You are unleashing, you know, silently in your car. I love you, Jesus. Get out of my way or I'll cut you. <laughs> wow, lover of God. <laughs> um, if you give a cup of cold water to the least of these, you've done it to him. So you flip off the least of these. You yell at the least of these. Those who love God, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Not just sing and jump the highest at a worship service. I love God so much. Oh, I love him. Why aren't you obeying? Because he said that's the fruit of love. So you might be a doormat blaming God, blaming the devil. But really, you haven't been living an obedient life to Jesus. James 4, 7 says we have to submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, then he'll flee. But you've been going to the flea, not doing the submitting to God. Devil, get out. I bind you. All these devils are coming after me, blah, 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 blah. But you're not spending any time with God. You're not submitting to God. You're sinning willingly. You're crossing your conscience. Oh, I love God, but you're not obedient to his word, which he is the word. Why isn't this thing working for me? Truly love God. Give your life to him. Submit to him. Is that okay to say? Actually repent of your sin. Don't just feel sorry. Turn away from it. Actually do what the word says. Show up. Be in community. Fast. (sighs) Whoa. Show up when it hurts. Drive an hour each way. Don't blame God or the devil when you haven't been obeying the word of God. And I know that's a hard pill to swallow, but it's the reality. Because we could read that, oh, everything's working together for me because I love God. Then love him. Get all up in that word and obey it. I love God so much, but you're tearing down the leadership. You're looking at a person of God or even on, you know, a podcast podcast. And you're tearing them down left and right. You never met them, but this one preacher you don't like. My, 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 my. That's not obedient to the word. Whether they're right or not, you're not their judge. I don't know why I'm even saying this, but here we are. I love you, God. Oh, the devil's not leaving me. Submit. Can we say submit? Submit to God. Well, I submit to God, but I won't submit to any man. Okay, because those who rule over you are worthy of double honor. There's measures of submission, because those rule over you, it's interesting how we get up in our mind about things when we think, "Why doesn't this work?" Da, 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 da. It's all these things. It's God. It's la la la. Go to the bathroom. Look in the mirror and just point, and and just ask the mirror, is it you? Is it me? And I'm not preaching condemnation, but a lot of the times it seems confusing because there's a missing link in your intimacy with God. Or even closeness and intimacy with people that God's trying to speak through to you. See, but the reality is God is trying to work everything out for your good, always. He's good, like I said last week. He's trying to get you to a place of glorious, victorious Christianity, not doormat Christianity. But there's keys that we need to live by in order to be victorious. Again, it's not going to fall out of the sky like rainbows of Skittles. God's just going to do it because do you know how all the 50 prophetic words that I got that validates me as a Christian, then therefore I'm elevated. And in a minute, my full-time ministry is coming to me. I can't submit to God, submit to anyone. I can't love people, love God. But this big thing is coming to me. Is it? I'll come back in 10 years and we'll see if you keep living your life that way. God's done everything for you to live and do this thing. Amen? Amen? but it's going to take us submitting and really loving God. And that means obeying. What do you have for me, God? What do I need to be doing? I ask God that like several times a day, even though I already know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but just in case, right? God, just show me. I, like, I always want to be yielded at any point so that he can mold me and use me and pick me up, whatever he wants to do, because I gave my life away to him. To be a living sacrifice means you're, you're not, you're dead, but you're alive in him. Are you with me? So we, with these light afflictions, we got to use them as times where things can work for us. We're not a victim of. Okay, and a few other, I want to talk about a few other things and I'll finish with these things. That can work for us like little worker bee employees in our favor for good. Are you with me? Okay, light afflictions are one of them, okay, but another one is prayer, another one is sowing seeds, and another one are, is your words. So it's like, okay, let's talk about things that are going to work for you for good. Okay, your prayers are one of the most powerful things you can do to work in your favor in your life. They can be like your little worker bee employees that go. Do you know like employees, they go and do what they're supposed to do, and the boss carries on with what they have to do. And as a uh, dominion-carrying Christian, we got to be able to release things as our little employees to go and do what we need them to do while we carry on with focusing where we need to go. So prayer is very important because prayer will reach out far beyond where you can be physically and go before you And accomplish things so that when you're ready to walk in it, it's all said and done and ready because my prayers made a way. How many of you know people that you just can't preach to? They will not listen to you. Okay, whether for whatever reason you know that they won't, but your prayers they can't deny. They don't even know. They're like your secret drone spies. I have employees you know not of. Yeah, my prayers. I'm sending my little prayer employees out. Because sometimes some things feel so unreachable and you can't touch it, but your prayers can penetrate. Come on. Another thing is sowing your seeds. And like I spoke about during the offering, is like your seeds will make a way for you to walk in abundance in your future. That's a given. Okay, and another one I want to say is your words. Okay, there's power of life and death in your tongue, and you will eat the fruit of it. Okay, that's Proverbs 18, 21. If if things are going to work in our favor, we got to make sure that we're using our words appropriately so that they do. If power of life and death is in this, you can go on thinking that God's going to come through and everything's going to be great. But if you're saying death all over your life all the time, you're going to reap a harvest of that and walk in that. doesn't matter if you have a hundred prophetic words. If you're speaking negative death constantly, you will never see the end of that prophetic word. You will see the fruit of death and disappointment and God not coming through. We gotta work these things for our lives for our own favor. We gotta be wise stewards of what God's given us and say, This is gonna be my little employee and go work for me. My prayer is gonna work for me. My seed is gonna work for me. This affliction I'm in, it's gonna work for me. My words, they're gonna work for me somehow. I don't know, I don't know how it's all gonna work, but I send them out as little workers. And, and I'm about to walk into it in my future. And it's so freeing because it's out of your control. It's like, oh, I don't know how that's going to work. It's okay because you're not in control anyway. He is. You're releasing those to just go and make a way where there was no way. Is this okay? Woo, we got through it. That was mostly it. Hallelujah. Whew. The point of what I'm saying is this. You have dominion, use it with your words, with your seeds, with your prayers, but also even the hard, tough things that challenge you in your life, it can still be worked in your favor because you're a dominion-carrying son and daughter of God. And we can't read Genesis like this cute little story. We have to understand something's been restored to us by the blood of Jesus. Amen? So why don't we stand up? I hope that helps somebody. Okay, and I really want to reiterate that God is going to work everything together for good. It's going to work. Things are working for good. Okay, because you're, you love Jesus the best you know how. Okay, and you're called according to his purpose. Therefore, scripture is not going to return void. Okay, it's going to go and accomplish what it was sent out to do over your life. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we're all going to pray, and I just break off every demonic assignment against all of us, and we command every weapon formed against us to wither up and shrivel up, because it's not going to prosper in Jesus' name, okay, and the gates of hell will not prevail in Jesus' name, and we declare that the tables have turned over our minds, over our hearts, and we declare that we are victorious because of Jesus. Come on. We have the good, good God inside of us, the all-powerful, all-authority in heaven and earth is living on the inside of us. Therefore, we reject the doormat mentality. Come on. We reject it, God. We repent for even believing it. And Lord, if we realize in areas of our life we have not submitted to you, we repent right now in Jesus' name. We're so sorry for agreeing with unbelief. We're so sorry for agreeing with rejection. We're so sorry for allowing the enemy to steal from us just thinking we were worthy of nothing. We're sorry for that, God. But we take our rightful place Right now, on the inside of ourselves, we take our rightful place, and we're not going to try and get out of the season. If you've called us to be and learn in a hard, tough season, we're not going to escape. We're going to walk through it with you. In Jesus' name, God. In Jesus' name, God. We just do business with you. And God, I pray that you would echo these words inside of us, that we would keep on hearing about how we're victorious, how the tables have turned, and that no matter what happens, it's going to work in our favor. In Jesus' name. It's going to be like our employee that goes ahead and works. And just something works out in our good. God, I thank you that, you know, what we're going through is it's, it's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Whoo, Exceeding and eternal weight of glory, God. And if there's devils on us, we just command them to leave right now in Jesus' name. Okay, everyone just, if you want to, put your hand on your head, okay? If you want to, okay? Just say, devil, I cast you out in Jesus' name. Out you go, out of my life, okay? You don't need someone to lay hands on you. You can just tell the devil to get out yourself, okay? So out you go, devil. If there's any other devil or any other thing lingering, we just command you to leave right now because we have dominion over our own bodies. We've submitted to God. We've repented. And we we just reject the thought of being a victim. But we're loved and victorious with you. So I thank you right now for freedom over us, God. And no, uh, we just pray you'd shut out and silence every voice of the enemy right now. And I thank you for clarity. Just stick your hand on your head again. Clarity over our minds in Jesus' name. We speak a victorious mind over us, God. I pray that you would illuminate scripture to us this week that would wash our minds. We would be washed with the water of the word this week, God. We would be refreshed by your spirit. I pray that the river that flows from your throne would flow over our minds, God, and from our hearts. And we would start living from the inside out victorious from the inside out, not worrying about the circumstance changing just yet, but we know that we live from eternal reality, and that the outside's going to line up in just a minute if we keep walking with you and moving forward. God, I thank you that you turn every mess into a message, right? Come on. <laughs> and I thank you that you turn the victim into the weapon, God, that you'd use us. We're not victims, we're weapons. And I thank you, what the devil meant for harm, you're turning it round. Turning, turning, turning right now. I just feel it. Turning in Jesus' name. Turning, turning, turning. The tables are turning in your favor in Jesus' name. Oh, that's anointed. to la The tables are turning over right now in Jesus' name. The devil's losing his grip right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that he's going to mow our lawns in Jesus' name. And we're going to sit next to you in your victory and watch him do it. Hallelujah. Whoo! Turning, turning, turning. Turning point. Turning in our favor. Tables have turned. The victim has become the weapon. Woo! <laughs> God, I pray that that would just be the title over our lives. The victim became the weapon. The weapon in your hand. And I thank you for testimonies coming from this moment, how we have risen up with your victory and your goodness to rule with you we're not waiting for heaven we're going to go ahead and take our place as a rightful child of God fully equipped (laughs) to walk this narrow road with you so I just thank you for victory I just prayed, breathe on this word God and you would encourage everyone just to walk a little taller hold their head up a little higher and that your love and your goodness would fill them afresh as we just all yield to you we just yield to you in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 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 Woo, <laughs> hallelujah.